Welcome to the Refuge Project. Uh, today, I am your host, James, and guess who's back? Yeah. Caesar's back! Yeah. I'm so glad you hit the right button, man. I, well, I started to hit the wrong one. I started to hit the... Oh, there we go. You know, there we go. It's all good. You've been practicing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it didn't quite work. <laughs> I could just think in the dead of night, you're just, your, your fingers just flickering. Right. You're like, I need to hit the that's right, right button. That's right. Hey, it's good to be with y'all again. Scheduling conflicts, that's why I haven't been here. That's it. And that's also why you're here. And that's also why I'm here, scheduling concert. Pastor David was not able to make it on the same bat time, same bat channel, mm -hmm. so I just happened to be here. Something about his work truck, I, I don't even remember. He's had a lot of problems with that work truck. Work truck, not working. It's counter, Sounds like a not it's counter, work. Yeah, it's, counter, it's counterintuitive, so... <laughs> Yeah. I feel like saying, yeah, if you have anything to say about that, just, you know, drop a comment in the chat. We don't have one. That's true. We don't have one. Who are we talking to? It's just you and me. It's just nobody even <laughs> listens anymore. It's been a while since you've been on here. We went to uh, zero listeners. So Zero listeners. Wow. Come on, yeah, Russia. When, when David's on here, he talks about how everybody listens to us. When he's not here, I just talk about how nobody listens to us. It's probably Trump's fault. Yeah. Yes, I'm back on it. It might be Trump. Could be Biden. Ukraine, it's, Elon. It's probably Elon. You know, ever since Elon got Twitter, you know. Twittering. Yeah. What does he call himself? Chief Twit? <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I, I think he stepped down. Didn't he step down as CEO? Yeah, but I, I, but I think it's one of those... It's one of those things that just kind of like appease his mm -hmm. shareholders and other other companies because he took like a two hundred billion dollar yeah. hit. But mm -hmm. I don't know. He doesn't seem like a. It's really phasing him. I mean, he, he does what he wants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but hey. So let's see. What does Pastor David always say? So how was your week? It was. It's been good so far. I think it's only. It's this. It's nighttime this mm -hmm. time, and so I'm a little thrown off. My okay. whole week has been off. So, oh, dude, here's something. Let me tell you about this. I need to hear it. You need to hear it. So today is Tuesday. So I don't know if you heard my dad on – no, because you weren't here Sunday. I was not here. So Sunday my dad was telling the church well, at some point when he was up on stage. He was saying, hey, Brooklyn Tabernacle – dude, I can't say the word. I, I was telling Ben this story earlier today, and I still couldn't say the word then. Ta Wait, Tabble. You can't be saying those kind of things when, I, when I'm drinking coffee, <laughs> I'm man. I, mean, I was about to. Tab <sighs> is Tabernacle. Tabernacle. Yeah. The Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Wow. Gosh, dude, I don't. I've never had trouble saying that word until today. If captions was a human. Anyway, they're in Houston. And as they were doing, they're doing two like services mm -hmm. things. They're doing one tonight in Katy. Well, last night was Katie. Tonight okay. is it's still close to Katie. Oh, it's like First it's, Baptist or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of those big churches. And uh, anyway, so my dad texted me, my brother, my sister yesterday during the day. Said, "Hey, we're gonna go to the thing. Uh, anybody interested in coming?" And uh, long story short, I said yes. We're going. So it's me and Tara are supposed to go with my parents now. We're gonna go meet at their house, drive an hour across town, go watch today, it. yesterday, yesterday, and. Uh, and so we're supposed to leave at like five or something. And then my dad, uh, he calls me back at around three in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And uh, he probably doesn't want me telling this story, but whatever. 
Uh, he goes. Probably don't listen. Yeah, he's not listening to this. It's fine. <laughs> My mom might listen. She'll get all mad because she got upset. But anyway, so he calls me at like three and he says, "Hey, so uh, okay, so because it's a free event tonight, but I just found out you're still supposed to have a ticket. So I went to get a ticket. They're free tickets, but they're sold out of tickets. So they've already given out all the tickets that they were going to give out. And I said, oh, okay, well, and he goes, but. <laughs> he goes here we go he goes but the one tomorrow night's not sold out yet so i reserved some tickets for them and i looked at them and i'm pretty sure the tickets are the same tickets as the ones for tonight with just a different date on it <laughs> and, he goes, and he goes i'm pretty sure if i print these tickets i can make it look like the tickets for tonight if you want to go i think i can make it work i'll get to work on it <laughs> and i said but remember, it's a free thing. It's a it's yeah. a, they don't cost anything. Yeah. Basically, this is just a way of them to like understand how many people to expect. And sure, I'm sure that's sure. the gist. Of and, but, and, so my dad. By the way, real quick, real quick interjection, real quick. So was your dad on that Taylor Swift Ticketmaster debacle? <laughs> no, 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 okay, okay. So. <laughs> so he said, "I said, look." He goes, "But you know, I don't know. We could get down there, and they say no. This is." This isn't the right ticket. You can't come in, and you know it's like an hour across town. And uh, I said, "Look, if you if you want to go, I'll go. I don't. We're we're in. Whatever you want to." And it's at a church, right? It's at a church, yeah. Okay. He goes, okay. He goes, "All right. Well, let me work on this. So uh, I'll call you back." <laughs> and uh, so I I text him at like four thirty or so. I say, "Hey, so what are we doing this?" And he goes. He goes, yeah, I got him. He goes, uh, your mom's pretty mad. I don't know if she's gonna come. She she thinks we're. <laughs> you guys are running the heist. <laughs> yeah, he it's goes, a heist. It's a legitimate heist. He goes, I don't think she's coming. But uh, if y'all if y'all are y'all wanna go, I said we're in. If you're going, we'll go. And he goes, all right, yeah, head it, come on over. Uh huh. So we go and uh, we drive across town. We get there. We hit all this traffic. We get there like right as the thing's supposed to start, like five minutes before. Mm-hmm. And uh, we walk in, and there's people at all the doors to go into the sanctuary, uh, like greeter people. Yes. Um, but none of them are taking tickets. <laughs> okay, so, go ahead. Yeah, he's got this. So we're going to go to the balcony, right? And we go up there, and my dad, and my dad was ahead of me on the stairs. Okay. And so I get, like, halfway up the stairs. This is the one time you might actually want to play the song. It's, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, as I'm getting to the top of the stairs, he's coming back down the stairs, and he's going, go back, 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 go back. And I said, what? And so I turn around, we go, he goes, this lady's actually checking tickets up here. Go back down. <laughs> And uh, so we go back down because we had already almost went in at Uh the bottom, but we stopped to go to the bathroom first. Yeah, the music does. (laughs) So then we just went in at the bottom and nobody asked for anything. And we sat in and it was So y'all were good. And there was plenty of seats there. We didn't like steal somebody's seat. But it was was a pretty cool. My mom did not come. She felt like we were. In protest. She was very, uh, she did not feel like this was an okay thing to do. Okay. To uh, sneak into a free event. At a Christian church. Which we didn't even sneak in. We just, just walked in just the door. Walked in. We were welcomed. Everybody was happy we were there. We were happy we were there. Um, <laughs> it was. Uh, you know who else was happy that you were there? <laughs> the Brooklyn Tabernacle <laughs> Choir. Jesus was happy I was there, for sure. It was a great, it, they did a great job, too. It was really nice, and uh, we had a good I, time. I'm having, you know, I'm conflicted. <laughs> I think everybody yeah, was a gotta, little bit. 
Yeah, I'm thinking of, you know, like in the cartoons, whenever you have uh, you have the little angel on one side, or you got the little uh-huh. devil and little horn dude on the other side, yeah. and then they're like, do we, it, no, don't go, no, do it, don't go. We didn't have, we didn't lie to anybody, we didn't, we just walked in. That mm-hmm. was it, we didn't, uh... But your intention... <laughs> <laughs> was to listen to some good Jesus music and hear about the Lord. Yeah, they're like Grammy Award winners and stuff, huh? Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty oh, legit. They all sang amazing. It mm-hmm. was actually pretty sad they uh, bef- at, before the thing started. So they had the pastors of... Simbala, is that their last name? I don't know. My dad could tell you. I couldn't tell you. But it's the guy and his wife, and the wife like helps write all the songs mm-hmm. they do and all that stuff. So they were there. And so they spoke before the... Uh, they started singing and all, and they said that uh, before the COVID stuff, their choir, you know, their choir is a big deal, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's got, it's got like, like 400 members or yeah, something? Yeah, it's got several hundred people in it. If you want to be in their choir, you're like on a, a waiting list, and they check all this stuff, make sure you're legit, and nobody gets paid, and all that kind of... I'm surprised they didn't try to walk up there and sing with the choir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so that's how it was before COVID, and uh-huh. they were saying, you know, then after COVID, you know, we're shut down for like 16 months, da 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 and uh, now they they had like 25 30 people mm-hmm. on stage singing uh, last night and they said that's the whole choir now that's all they got that was all they could get and all those people you know they take off work to come down and all that kind of so it was kind of sad no they at least like, fly them over here i guess i don't know i would I hope so but they did great it was fantastic they all sang great and yeah it was really see, good see people get mad at us whenever we have five singers on stage <laughs> yeah this was like 30 people with there, microphones there you go yeah. yeah, my old church before I came to Elam, like going on ten years ago, um, they were super, like super fans of Brooklyn Tab. Yeah, and uh, get here and I hear Bro- Brooklyn Tab, so it's like, hey, we didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my uh, my wife was like, she was all she really liked it, so she's out there making making pots today in the garage. On her wheel, she's listening to Brook, Brooklyn Tab out there. Now, that's interesting because yeah. she didn't have a church background, right? Like Not, not much. Not yeah. much, especially like if, you, if you've if you been – Brooklyn Tab is like being baptized by fire, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's like it's a, it's a rite of passage almost for modern-day Christians. You're going to hear mm-hmm. a Brooklyn Tab song. Yeah. Uh, so was this a new revelation for her or was this something that – you know, well, I mean, she's heard a bunch of those. Most, I think I had heard they probably did like 10 songs or so, and I probably heard eight or nine of them. Okay, and we've done them here because my dad's done them in the choir, or my dad sang them in the worship, mm-hmm. or something. I've heard, or I think they covered one or two that was like, what did they do? They did that Give Me Jesus song. No, that's a good song, which I don't think is originally no. them. So they did that one. I was going to try to sing it, but no, I'd spare you right now. Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, Tara's heard a lot of those songs, too. But Mm -hmm. she heard, you know, she heard it from the source this time. So So how did that make you feel as a husband whenever your wife is just, you know, doing her her pottery works and stuff and you're just passing by and instead of her, you know, bumping to, you know, (laughs) Cardi B or something yeah, like that. She's got Brooklyn Tab yeah. just, you know. That's cool with me, man. She can listen to whatever she wants. She's Put a smile woman. on your face. She'll, dude, she'll listen to, I think uh, a couple days ago, I went, she'll listen, she'll go on these kicks where, because she'll be out there for a few hours. You know, mm-hmm. So it's, she needs a good amount of time of something to listen to. And uh, so she'll go on these kicks where she'll, she's also really into um, 
which seems to be big these days. These people listening to the um, interrogations. You, you ever I'm heard not, of this? I'm not, I'm not familiar. This is getting big. Where people, because you know everybody, especially the girls, are all into the murder, everything, all the yeah. crime stuff. Yeah. So now this is a step further where instead of listening to a podcast or something where they're talking about these crimes, they just it's pull, the they just put the interrogation online and people watch an interrogation. I'm sure you just did a play on words and I just, I'm too dumb to get it, but terra, terra, you were too smart to get it. I didn't know I was doing it. She's been doing that too. But uh, no, but she'll also just go on these things where she'll watch all these videos of like Christian apologists talking about like debating atheists. So she'll just listen to like any of that stuff. She's just interested. She's just interested in stuff. So she'll hear, she'll listen to it all. That sounds like a person of depth. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really cool. Cause well, she wants to know, you know? Right. She wants to know what she's talking about, what everybody else is talking about. If, people, if she hears people criticize uh, some kind of something that she's involved with, like she wants to know is that legit or not. Right. If somebody's talking trash about church stuff, she wants to know, like, well, do they have a point? What, right. And so she'll just listen to well, other people talk about it. Which is so cool because if, uh, you know, not – that everybody listens to this podcast knows your wife, but she's very quiet whenever you talk to her. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess to outside people that are not in your family, yeah. you know, and directly. So that's just cool. That's just cool. Uh, still waters run deep sometimes, huh? Yeah. But now she's uh, blasting that choir music. Man, bumping. That gospel music, man. <laughs> awesome. Well, my week. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, James. <laughs> got to follow that okay, up. Sorry. No, man. Now my week, uh, it's it's been a little weird. Uh, there's there's some tension and conflict at work. I'm a bivocational preacher, so nice. you know, yeah, yeah, you know. So that's just it's awkward, you know, going into going into work knowing that there's some tension between you and the boss. You so. you're involved in the tension. It's not a. It's almost no. I am involved in the tension, but it's it's not like coworkers and stuff. No, it's the boss. It's the owner. Mm, yeah, yeah. So it's uh he um. Let's see. How do we how do, how do we phrase this? It's um, I'm not above reproach. You yeah. know, we all we all make uh, input errors and in things that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but one thing in being in Christian leadership for a while now, there's a way that you can correct and instruct um, in love, right? Right. And uh, and then there's another way you can do it to destroy and to demean, mm. and it's uh, it's never nice being on the other side of that. Um, and I don't want to say too much, least I be accused of attacking <laughs> someone's character. But yeah. um, you know, whenever whenever you are on the uh, end of that, it never feels good. So this this is where we're uh, navigating right now, and Fine. and you know, and and you know, and I'm in a place in life as well that I've got. You know, I'm 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 not young anymore, and I'm not old. I'm 35 years old. So You're not David. I'm you not know, David. Geez. No, I'm not ancient. Yeah. You know, but um, could be a lot older. Be a lot older. You could be like, so much older. A whole bunch older. No, anyway, uh, just making light of that. But you know, it's um, I, what, what I'm trying to communicate is that I'm not a teenager anymore. With mm-hmm. my, and this is my first job. Yeah, it's not. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I've had to, <clears throat> I've had the privilege of managing people, talking to people, getting teams together, organizing, uh, and dealing with conflict, tension and all that. And, uh, whenever you are, um, 
on the receiving end of that, you know, it is is uh, it's not nice. I get it. I acknowledge where I messed up and I corrected it. But I'm the kind of person you just tell once and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then you get into something else. And uh, yeah. So anyway, not to harp on that too much, but that's how my week's been going. That happened Friday, Fun. and uh, we're navigating through that this week. So you know, I don't I don't hold any grudges. Toward my boss, and he's uh, definitely welcome to apologize anytime he wants. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he will. Maybe he will. Well, those are character issues. But anyway, moving yeah. on, and uh, I think we're going to go into Culture Corner. Here we go. Here we go. Here go we ahead, go. Caesar. Let us hear it. It's about that culture. It's about time. Ah. No, no I, I, that's... <sighs> Dude, we've been waiting for somebody to drop a sick flow. Well, you're going to be waiting a whole lot longer. <sighs> I thought today was the day. I thought it was coming back. One of these, I'm going to get these one of these ghost writers like Drake. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to hire I'm just, Drake. I'm just going to hire Drake. Like, no. Hey, we've got this massive podcast Gigantic. that we need. Uh, it's huge. You've it's, heard of Joe uh, Rogan. You, it's, yeah. <laughs> we, need, uh, we need some pee on. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Here's my story. So this story is mostly interesting to me. Well, it's not most, but part of the reason it's interesting is it's it happened in um, Montrose, Colorado, mm-hmm. which is like 30 minutes outside of the town that my dad just bought that property in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in fact, they usually fly into this airport whenever they go up there. So this is like, it's kind of a place I know, kind of, sort of. Okay. 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 So... This is what's happened. So there's this mom who's in her 60s and her daughter who's in her her 40s, and they own this funeral home in Montrose, Colorado, and they just got busted for selling people's body parts without them knowing. Uh, So this is what happened. People would take their their dead relative there, and they would say, hey, they'd pay them a thousand bucks to cremate the body. Okay. And then the mom slash daughter would sell the body parts to some scientific research blah, blah, blah person under the table and uh, just take some ashes from some of the other cremated people, take a few from here, a little bit from here, put it in an urn, and give it to the people, say, here's your dead grandma. There you go. And just never tell them about it. And they were doing this for like like 15, 20 years, something like that. They did it for a long time. Wow. And they just finally got busted for it. And uh, the uh, the mom, who's like 65, she got – or no, she's 69. She's got 15 years in prison. And the daughter, age 46, got 20 years in prison. Why did the younger get more? That's tough to say. They didn't give us the details. Maybe one's a business owner, more complicit in the uh, – Could be. In the transactions there. But as you can imagine, the um, – the people who paid to have their loved ones cremated are very upset about this. Naturally. Because they've got these urns with other people's ashes, and they just found out that, like, they sold their grandma's head. Wow. It was stuff like that. They would just sell their spine and let some people do some research. Now, Kent, does the article at all say anything about, like, they can verify that it went to, like, research, or, or were they just selling it to some creeps? I don't think they were selling. I mean, who knows, dude? They were selling it. I'm sure they were selling it to anybody who's buying. Yeah, yeah. There's a market um, for everything. But it said to it said academic research, something along those lines. Uh, so supposedly it was you know it's people who were supposed to be 
learning about the body, doing different research and finding out how I, the skull. I mean, that's a horrible dis- story, but it, but at, at least it's that you you know what I mean, like. Or they, it could have gone completely sideways, like yeah. even more so. Yeah. And uh, it was like, yeah, they were selling their body parts to people that were just like doing yeah. creepy things with them. Could be, yeah, could have been a lot worse. Also, you know, these were people already dead. They weren't like murdering people. And right. Cutting them up. Mm-hmm. So uh, how, how did how'd they get busted? So one of their employees, somebody just told on them. Some employee said something to, they, they put out some article naming that that kind of stuff was going on in I mean, this area I, I and can the s- fbi raided the place i can i can see how people would be angry about I mean, that i'd I mean, be it's... upset if i found out you sold the bo- the body of some relative of mine but do you want to be uh you want to be put in a box or an urn i don't i don't care you don't think, I think about that stuff? i think a box i guess but i don't care i'll be pretty dead yeah yeah <laughs> at the well, time. my wife and i we we've actually we talk about that quite often actually yeah um and uh i think we both want to be you know burned Fair um, enough yeah you know and and i i don't want to be like if i had my way i would i would literally want to be like rolled off into like a volcano with magma Ooh. yeah, yeah. it's nice. for and and everybody's entitled to their own you know uh, uh opinions on what they want with their remains in the after yeah all that mm-hmm. stuff but uh as far as me and i've i can't tell you how long i've thought about i really have thought about this i just i never want to be somebody's shrine mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. like if people are going to remember me um i'm thinking of coco now if if, if people are going to remember me I, I want them to remember me for an experience uh that, that we had together sure uh, some kind of thing like that but but I don't want anybody to look at me. Well, there's my dad, like my kids or something. Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm gone, uh, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Exa- maybe it- exactly, mm-hmm. you know. And and but I don't know. I guess if uh, I don't know if my ashes were to be spread anywhere, I'd, I'd want to do it somewhere where it's just inconvenient for other people. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> What's a- your top inconvenient place to have ashes spread? Go ahead. Let's hear it. Like somewhere where you would have to fly there and then take a boat, but it, oh, it to, oh, that kind yeah, of inconvenience. Yeah, that kind of inconvenience. I thought you meant inconvenience that they're there. Like I'm just going about my day. And well, like, that, oh, now these ashes are in the way. Well, that too. Like you know, yeah, Buff- you Buffalo Bayou Park or something like that. <laughs> but there's probably already a lot of dead bodies yeah, in of, there, so that have been yeah, unaccounted for. Hey, we're we're in Houston. We're in Houston. Y'all want to come play? Y'all want to find <laughs> out? Come to Houston. I've definitely thought about my death a bunch, mm-hmm. but not. The specifics of what I want done to my body. Mm-hmm. That I, hasn't even crossed my Donated mind. Donated to science. Yeah, I don't know. Because you are an immaculate man. <laughs> <laughs> don't just freeze me. Did, and just say, did you miss me? <laughs> I did. I really did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. Not a part of our culture corner. See, that's my word now. Mm-hmm. It's that there tongue twister. Tab- uh, tabernacle. Yeah, for real. Aluminium. Uh, my, it's not. This is not my story, but I want to mention it because I talked about Houston, and I just want to put this out there. So a couple of weeks ago, I think it was last week. Apparently, we have taquerias here. If you don't have them up north or in Absolutely. the Ukraine or anything like that, we understand. But mm-hmm. here, uh, tacos are mm-hmm. they're God's gift to mankind. Yeah. I mean, they are just amazing. Sure. You can make anything into a taco. It's <sighs> fantastic. But anyway, uh, the taqueria. Um, Let's talk about 
uh, taqueria out there called the Ranchito. I think it's number four. Um, uh, somebody went in there and they robbed the place. And they were they went in there with a gun, waving it around. They robbed the patrons. They robbed the establishment. Took all the tacos? And, no, they didn't take the tacos. They were taking people's money and their mm. belongings and things. Well, one thing that they did was whenever they turned around, one of the patrons, uh, patrons he, he was armed. Mm-hmm. And he shot the guy. The guy that was robbing him? The guy that was robbing him. He killed the guy. Mm-hmm. And he gave everybody their money back. And then he left. And the You po- say the page, like somebody that... Somebody was eating tacos, yeah. Somebody, just some guy that was there. That, that got robbed. Mm. Yeah. So he got robbed. Shoots the guy. Shoots the guy as he turns around. And this guy's waving it everywhere, exiting out the door. And so... Um, the police put out an inquiry to talk to this guy, but they had to preface it saying, there's no charges on you, yeah. but we want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people on, especially on social media, on the social spheres, uh, were, uh, were saying, this guy's a hero, or like, give him free tacos for the rest of his <laughs> life. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and a part of that is fun to read, and the other part, the other sad reality is that, you know, just some some poor soul out there lost their life because they were playing stupid games and they won a stupid prize. Probably for just like a few hundred bucks, dude. If even that, right? And, uh, yeah, so... I would not talk to the police if I was him, probably. That's what people were saying. Is I like, wouldn't go out of my way to do it. And people were just like, nope. Yeah. And, and, you know, people are going to be people. And they're like, well, just another piece of garbage off the streets and, yeah. and all that. It's like, look, it's a, it's, there's, he's somebody's son. You know, yeah. there's a grieving mother out there. There's mm-hmm. a grieving family out there. And I get it. He's a criminal and criminals, you know, they, the, especially if you're not a, an active member of a, an active citizen to where you are benefiting the um, society. I understand it. I understand people's rage when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. But on the other side, of it too it's like okay there's a grieving mom there's a there's a soul we don't know if he knew jesus or not so you know we mm-hmm. uh, anyway but it's a it's a houston story it's a sad story yeah so anyway <laughs> a little more lighthearted now um celine dion this story this story comes from rolling stone but i'm reading it from an article found in fox news so all my conservatives said amen. <laughs> <laughs> so Celine Dion fans protest outside Rolling Stone offices after she's left off of 200 of the 200 greatest singers list. Of like all time? Of all time, according to Rolling Stone. Oh, she's got to be on there. And right? here's the thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, she was a star in the 80s. You know, she's been relevant ever since then. So Celine Dion fans are showing their loyal loyalty towards the singer in a major way. They are pro- protesting in the streets outside of Rolling Stone office buildings in New York uh, with si- with signs and, and uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, yeah, with signs. They're picketing out there to protest the magazine's decision not to include the My Heart Will Go On singer on their updated list of 200 greatest singers of all time. And the fans are shouting, Justice for Celine! Justice for Celine. Hey, her heart will go on, you know. Hey. Hey, you got it? There we go. We go. Um, yeah. So, oh, oh, and I know what I was going to say. It's all coming back to me now. 
There we go. I just, I, was, I, was, just, I was searching for one. Man. I was searching for one. But anyway, so the Canadian singer has yet to respond on this, but the outrage, as you can imagine, because there's not important things happening elsewhere in uh-huh, the world. Yeah. So people are focusing their time and attention on this story. But uh, she has. She should be on there. She should be on there. I mean, I don't care. But she should be on there. Why don't you care about Celine? I I just don't care about their list. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like Rolling Stone. When have they actually been relevant lately? Yeah, Ro- Rolling now. Stone is to music publications and articles just as much as MTV is to music videos. Yeah, kind of, sorta. It's nobody cares about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. They definitely were a huge thing at one point, and I mean, they still carry some kind of weight. Um, but it's all like. You know, the best singers that were ever popular, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my a lot of my favorite bands and artists and stuff are never going to make any kind of list that they would think to put out. Yeah. And but, you that, know, like and I, I could see the not the outrage to go and pick it somewhere like get to yeah. work, people. But like, <laughs> you know, 200 greatest singers of all time and especially mm-hmm. whenever the on the list and I don't know where they fall on it, but. Uh, on the list, you got people like Billie Eilish, which she can sing. She's she's a great singer. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson, great singer. Taylor Swift, I'm on the fence about. Like she's a great artist, um, but you don't think she can sing. I, I think she I think she can sing, but I I, I don't think she is what to I would classify greatest. as no as mm. a great singer. My uh, thing is there's it's a list of 200. It's not like the top 10, right? 200 you got to put celine dion on there i mean celine dion deserves a spot in the top 10 yeah and then uh wanda jackson i really don't know who that is maybe you do i don't uh barbara streisand christina aguilera bono merle haggard loretta lynn ozzy osbourne and others they made it okay yeah i mean yeah i mean ozzy can't even speak but Exactly. I mean, it, would you consider <laughs> number one ninety nine? <laughs> would you would you consider Ozzy Osbourne a great singer? I some of these people I would consider a great vocalist, mm-hmm. but not necessarily a great singer or greatest to be on the greatest yeah. singers list. I just I just think there's a difference between being a singer, like that's what they call you, and being a vocalist. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're the same thing. Just like being a rapper is a vocalist, but not necessarily a singer. You're like you're not going to put Fifty Cent on that list, you know. But he was a great rapper. Mm-hmm. He was a great. He was using his voice in the song, mm-hmm. just as other people were. So I don't know. It's when you say singer to me, I'm thinking singing. I'm thinking like Frank Sinatra, or I would think Celine Dion. I would think singers. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't think like a lot of these rock band like Bono. And Billie Eilish, and st- I wouldn't think that, Mm-mm. just because I think it's a different thing, what they're doing. I, I, I don't know. I, I, and I haven't read the article, just like everything else that we comment on, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like fully. But but I think there's there's probably some confusion there between a great artist, because you, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a great vocalist to be a great artist. Yeah. An artist is kind of, um, encompasses more than just vocal. There's, mm-hmm. there's there's visual there's mm-hmm. you know the, the whole the whole artist package it's the way right? the lyrics are presented mm-hmm. it, yeah yeah so that whole thing anyway so they, everybody's all up in arms about that and um and apparently that just comes uh that that just comes with uh you know an announcement or something like that that you know she's been dealing with some kind of neurological disease or something like that so um yeah i don't know it, 
I don't know about all that, but um, you know, Celine Dion, get well, and uh, you are definitely in my top hundred. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, here's a song for you guys. I just want to say that this year has been an unexpected blessing. We had no idea what we were in for, and, and sometimes those twists just happen. I thought the biggest change that was going to happen this year was that I shaved my head. That's was child's play. And uh, but as we started this tour, not sure what to expect, we found ourselves every day just more and more thankful for the chance uh, to get to share these songs with a room of people every night, one more time. And I want to give a big shout out to my brothers here up on stage who made this tour even possible. Hutch, Jonathan Allen, Todd Gummerman. And thank you all so much for letting these songs be a part of your life and letting us in for a little while. We love you eternally. Enjoy the rest of your year, everybody. Thank you. Typical by Mute Math. That's off the. Um, they just put out the uh, Play Dead Live album like a few weeks ago, which is um, the last album they put out. Um, it's been. It's probably been like four years, or something mm-hmm. like that, since they put out that album, um, which was their last album. And then right before they started their tour, um, the drummer and the bassist both basically quit the band right as they were about to go on tour with mm-hmm. like a month to go. And so that was what uh, the lead singer there was talking about at the beginning there. Because um, they still did the tour, which we went to, I went to that show, you were at that show, weren't you at that yeah. show? Yeah, yeah. I went to There that was show. a handful of us that all went to that show. And uh, they put on a good show. They still, they pulled it off. It was Mute Math up there. You know, it was obvious they were missing the drummer. It wasn't quite the same, but it was still, like they pulled it off. And the fact that they pulled it off with that little time was a big deal and they just put this out so i've been like going on this big mute math kick because that's been my favorite band for forever they've been like the most inspirational band for me for like forever they got me into music and uh, everything they do i'm always like oh that's the best mm-hmm. and uh so they put this but i haven't been listened to them hardly at all since uh 
since broke the, up. Yeah, since they broke up, it's been it was such a bummer. So you'd go listen to what would happen is I might put something on, <laughs> and I'd be like, "Man, this is the best," and I'd be all mad about it <laughs> because I mean, I guess I was like, "They're like, why won't you just be a band again?" Yeah. Uh, but they just put this out. They also put up uh, the whole concert uh, on YouTube. It's just like a camera from the sound desk and. That's it. It's just like a one shot so is, of the thing. So is this Darren King drumming? No, this is the, the other, other guy, guy, the Hutch. Uh, I don't remember his last name is though. But so this song is off their first album. This was the song that kind of put them on the map. But uh, this is at the last big show that they recorded there. Yeah. So so this is this is my wife's favorite band as well. You She's know, got good taste. It, yeah. Yeah. And whenever whenever we we started dating, then we got married and stuff and. And, um, you know, she was listening to this, so she, so she turned me on to, to Mute Math, and I'd never heard them before that. So the first time that I really was acquainted with them was that concert. Oh, was that show? At, right after Darren King and mm, the bass player quit. So, mm-hmm. but um, I would have not known the wiser, you yeah. know, because I wasn't that involved with. Uh, Darren King's drumming, yeah. but then after going back and hearing Darren King, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, this guy's this guy's uh, top notch. Like, I think I told you at that show uh, when you asked me like what like what you think, you know. And uh, my thing with his drumming is just like he's so. I, I think it's true with all of them at whatever instrument they're doing. They're so they sound so much like themselves at mm-hmm. it. So like you could definitely argue that there's better drummers that have more chops and can do more, you know, whatever. Even though he's obviously got a lot of talent and skill and all that mm-hmm. but he has his own when you hear him drum you go oh that sounds like darren king drumming when i hear nate smith drum i go that sounds like nate smith drumming mm-hmm. you know he also he's very much like that so to replace him you just you don't get the same yeah feel when they're I heard, playing i heard nate smith just a couple months ago he, he came on that john mayer tour he wasn't playing for john oh, really? mayer but he was playing for um for his opening act mm-hmm. and it was wow yeah he's amazing yeah but that's the thing. Like when he plays, you go, "That sounds like Nate Smith yeah. proven and all." So that was my thing with uh, that. It's the same thing with the bass player that left. He very much has his own style yeah. and way of playing, and uh, so it was kind of sad that they weren't there. But the fact that they pulled it off, and I was, it was a great show. It was great. In fact, that show is actually funny because I had a few friends. Like I brought a handful of people to the show with me. Is that and, where you were running around shirtless? You keep saying that, and I don't remember that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, a, shirt, a shirtless person wouldn't remember that. <laughs> Touche, I guess. <laughs> but uh, that night was crazy though, because I was in my van still, and uh, most of most of the people I don't know. Yeah, I think most of the people I got to come with me didn't really know about Mumath before. And I was just like, just trust me, dude. If you want to go to a concert, this is the concert to go to. Was that when your van broke down? Yeah. So yeah, okay, we get. Yeah. So we're in yeah. Houston, and by the time we get to my van, of course, you know, I parked several blocks away. Um, we go out there, and I don't remember what was going on, but I couldn't get it to start, and it wasn't working. Yeah. And uh, after messing with it for you know forty minutes or so, now it's like one in the morning or whatever, and uh, we decided we were going to have to leave it and come back. Uh, and so I had called Ben cause he was in his own car, my brother. And so I had, I was like, Hey, come back. I, we, we need you to give us a ride back, you know? Um, but wherever I was parked, um, I was like, I can't leave it here overnight cause I'm going to get towed, uh, tomorrow or something. So I was mm-hmm. like, I got to move it to a different spot. And, uh, so I, I ran around a few blocks and I found the spot that I thought I could leave it in. And I said, all right, guys, I found a spot, but you know, it's a few blocks away. Uh, I think we can push it there. And, uh, and everybody's like, okay, I guess we get. So we had a. I was dating Tara at the time. Yeah. We were just dating, 
Yeah, I think we had her in the driver's seat steering. <laughs> but you know, it's all it's off, so there's no Ooh, power, power steering. steering so yeah. She's yeah. just yeah, dude, pulling it, and uh, it was me and like four other people pushing it. Mm-hmm. And so we're put. We en- ended up having to push it past the House of Blues, which is where the show was. And uh, Colony House opened that show, which was my first introduction to them. Uh, which now I like Colony House, so it was a good. So I have a con. I wouldn't call him a friend, but I have a contact. He's actually their front of house engineer. Hey, there you and go. I, I jammed with this guy. He's a fantastic keys player, but he's, yeah. He, so I have him on my on my feed on my Very socials. Nice. So every time he's posting, we're in Germany, we're here, we're <laughs> yeah, whatever, cool. and I'm like, dude. Anyway, well, so yeah, so we're pushing the van past House of Blues. Uh, we're on the street. You know, House of Blues is right there next to us, and so Colony House is on the street too, like loading up their gear. And uh, so that's on one side of the street. Like on the left side is them in their van loading stuff up. And then on the right side of the street is Paul Meany, the lead singer from Mute Math. And there's a few people talking to him, I guess, like ask for his autograph stuff. And in the middle of the street is me pushing my Astro van. And, uh, <laughs> and, the, and the people from college. And so, you know, everybody's looking at us because it's like a whole scene, you know. And uh, the Colony House guys are staring at us. And we're, I, was like, I was like, oh, hey, guys, great show tonight. They're like, oh, thanks, man. You know, and we're like. That's just and uh, we pushed it down. That we rolled down the hill, put hey, the car wait, real quick. And Colony House, those uh, the drummer and the lead singer are Stephen Curtis Chapman's yeah, kids, which I found out later. Yeah, because I think so Ray Ann was at that show too. And so she where was their Christian character? In Washington, they just, just well, band. we had it. There was there was there was like I said, there was like three or four people pushing. You know, there wasn't really anything else they were gonna do. But yeah, yeah so we pushed it, and it was funny because before, shortly before we had that night. Uh, I was – I don't remember how it came up. But I was talking to Tara and I was trying to tell her – I was trying to describe to her how I find myself in weird situations like that somewhat regularly. But it always works out. It's because your last name is Nissan. Yeah. I said something about me being innocent and all. Like we have these issues. I said, but look, mm-hmm. even though that happens, we'll have these weird things. I said, if you're with me, it's going to be all right. Like we're going to come out of it okay. You might have – you're going to have some times like this where we got to push the car and it's going to be – but like it's going to be okay in the end. And uh, we had had so some conversation like that before, and she's like, "I don't know. I guess I just have to see." No it. wonder she why she married. Yeah. So like a week later, me. this is yeah, this is happening. We're pushing through, and I think on the car ride home, I was like, "Hey, this is what I'm talking about." Because like we ended up, we had a ride. Yeah. Everything was fine. We got, we went back, and I don't remember how we got it, but we were able to get it out. And I think the alternator was out or something. Like I don't the Terminator man, come, with, just, <laughs> come with me if you want to live. <laughs> it's just like we're gonna have a bunch of not. But I also told her, I said something about the picture of me pushing my old broken van down the street at like two in the morning and my favorite band lead singers on that side and the other bands over there and i'm just in the middle pushing my broken cars and something about that just seemed right and just like a good description for my life yeah it's symbolic of something (laughs) i don't know exactly what it means you won't be able to define it right now but it'll all come full circle so that was the last butte mass show we went to yeah it was a good time (laughs) it was a good show even though my van broke down at the end but and another interesting thing about Paul Meany um, and Mute Math, they, um, at, I guess at one point, they were like super into their faith and like saying that out uh-huh. and stuff. And there's a great recording um, that they did um, when they were younger. You can hear the youth in his in his yeah. voice. But uh, the song is called uh, King of Glory. So look that up. It's okay. a really good song. Sounds it's a, good. It's a great song. Very anyway, nice. so for a few minutes, 
I just kind of want to jump on uh, something that we experienced this last weekend. Uh, Like I said, on Friday, all that stuff went down at uh, my job. And on that Friday, um, after I left, we I came straight to church because me and the youth group were going to uh, Buffalo, Texas, which is about two and a half hours away from here uh, on a winter retreat. So um, this north. East is this is in between east. Houston and Dallas. Okay, up there. Yeah, gotcha. yeah up, up there. You got some kinfolk in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, we've been preparing for weeks, months, actually. And, um, you know, in the time that we find ourselves right now, uh, there's just a lot of planning, extra planning that needs to go to go on the, with prices being sky high on everything, mm-hmm. transportation, fuel, and all that. A lot, lot more planning than we're used to. Um, and we got to be conscientious of how much we spend because if you know anything about where we go to church, uh, we're not one of these gigantic mega churches with gigantic budgets and everything. We do what we can. I think we do fantastic with what we have. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so uh, you know, I get here and uh, trying to put my boss's voice out of my mind and that whole situation, knowing that we're about to go into a pretty intense weekend with uh, young people. I and mean, one thing with our youth group right now is that all of our older ones graduated last year and the year before that. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much a fresh group of young people, mm-hmm. you know, 7th, uh, 8th, ninth graders. Not, not too many. a lot of seniors. No, I yeah. think we have two seniors in in our entire group. Okay. Um, but, hey, we, we did it. We took, uh, we, it was, four, I think, 40 people all in all went up there, including leaders. Um, but we, we went up there, had a great time. And what I uh, really felt impressed to talk about that entire weekend was how whenever we come into relationship with Jesus, there's, there, there's a couple of transactions that take place there. Whenever we trust on Jesus for our salvation, uh, there, like I said, there's a couple, there's some transactions that take place. Uh, and I wanted to start on our past and how that affects our past. Whenever we trust in Jesus for salvation, he frees us from the shame of the past. And if uh, you know anything about teenagers, they're, they're just they're just shame filled creatures. Yes, indeed. Yeah, a lot of lot, I, I know the, ba- the the worst stuff that I've ever done in my life happened either whenever I was a teen or as a result of a mentality that I grew uh, mm-hmm. in my and grew grew nurtured fed in my teenage years yeah. and um they deal with a lot um i would assume that most of our listeners are already adults mm-hmm. and if you've never worked with young people before talk to young people and you might be a parent but it's a very different thing whenever you're you're kind of on that spiritual mentor kind of path but if one of the biggest things that I've learned with working with young people is that whenever they are going through anything to them, they perceive it as a mountain because it is a mountain for them. For, for me, I might've gone through that when I was 16 or 17. So I, I, you could just disregard it, dismiss it and say, you're just overreacting. You're being too sensitive. But to them, it is a legitimate mountain that they cannot overcome. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned with working with them is approach, empathize with them and be an ear to listen to them. And, uh, and one of the biggest things that they deal with and they struggle with is shame. They don't know how to internalize it. They do internalize it, but, but not in a healthy way. They can't process that. And they feel that if they talk to their parents are going to get in trouble. They feel that if they talk to their peers about it, 
that they're going to be judged yeah. or, uh, you know, so, so where do you talk about it? And unfortunately, um, and this is true for adults as well, the modern day church, is it really a place that we can come and confess? You know, is it really a place where we can come and, and really pour out our hearts, uh, to Jesus and leave it at the foot of the altar? Or are we so stuck in our programming? And maybe that's a conversation for another time, but we're so stuck in our programming programming that we actually miss um, the redemptive spirit of God and why people actually come to church. You know, I mean, that's important. That's so important. But anyway, we get there. So uh, that's the first transaction that takes place. He frees us from our shame. He He shows us through the spirit that we are in need of a savior. And uh, yeah, and then so the second night or, or day, which was Saturday, all day thing, and in between all the services and devotionals, with the, you know, we have breaks. We 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 eat food. We play games. We run around. Whole Pill Ranch is beautiful. So so um, you know, we have the whole property to ourselves, and you can really just unplug from everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know, it's it, it's all interwoven together as far as scheduling. Um, the second aspect and or the second transaction happens on how how having a relationship with Jesus affects our present, and that is that He empowers us to live a Christian life. He empowers us to actually move forward, deal with the stresses of life, deal with bosses that are being unfair, and uh, <laughs> or you know or just a present distress. And he gives us everything we need so that we can not only overcome it, but, but it, you know, the Bible tells us that we are more than overcomers. And that's not just, I, I don't believe that's on the other side only. I believe we can absolutely live victorious lives right now. And then, uh, and then third, um, because we have a relationship with Jesus, it gives us hope for a future. And, uh, you know, Jeremiah, you can pull from just a, a, an entire treasure trove of scriptures talking about the promises of God and what he has for us, uh, for those who believe, and then how he is actively with us, moving us forward. So it was a real powerful weekend. Talked about a lot, dealt with, dealt with a lot of um, just core issues in, 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 in a young person's development as far as mentality and, and how to internalize. So... Um, yeah, a couple first two for me in that that retreat. We have a young man, uh, and, and I won't share a lot of details, but uh, but we have a young man that on Saturday night he'd had some health issues previously in his past that started to flare up again, and I found myself having to take him to the emergency room in the dead mm-hmm. of night, uh, over an hour away. Jeez. It, yeah, and it was it was wild, man, um, because it was just me in that van. And I had him back there, and he was just laid out on the back seat and just whimpering and mm-hmm. just excruciating pain. He's, and he had to go back to the hospital, so he's in the hospital right now. So yeah. we've been checking on him, lifting him up in prayer and all that. But it just served. Did something happen that, like, triggered it, something? It, or? I think they said it was just some scar, t- scar tissue from previous mm-hmm. that has – it was just time. Yeah. And it just so happened to mm-hmm. be that time. And again, the only signs of life um, are in Huntsville, which is an hour back. Yeah. Um, so I met his parents there, and you know they got with him, got him some help. So he's, uh, you know, we're praying for and believing for full recovery. So I know he's still going through that, but yeah, that's just you know these um, these events that you never really think you're going to be in, 
And you find yourself in that. And, and I had to practice what I preach at that moment and just believe that God was with us. And he was. And, you know, we're uh, we're believing for a full recovery. But that was that was this weekend. And, and, and for me, some of the big takeaways um, always whenever you you know, whenever you can get out into the wilderness, you can get out and separate yourself from your phone, from your tablets, from your computers and TVs and all of that stuff, um, even negative voices. Mm-hmm. I know that was me personally. That um, do it, yeah. When, whenever you can, don't ever be so busy that you you miss an opportunity to to uh, invest in yourself, time alone with God, um, and and just also getting away from all the static. You know, it's just static noise that's just out there in the world that pollutes our minds and for those young people I, I i don't even know how to describe it necessarily maybe like picture picture a hot knife through butter mm-hmm. that the way that the holy spirit just cut through everything and we were able to disengage um it was it was so meaningful and impactful and i, I know that i know that they were changed i know that i was changed and that's that's what my prayers were the staff that we took up there, they totally killed it. They did an amazing job. I think I have the best youth, the best youth staff in mm-hmm. the best youth staff in uh, ever. Was this something you had to speak at the whole time, or was this I did. something? Okay, I did. So I had to deliver and prepare for four different types of messages, devotionals, and after did, you already upset from all the jobs. Oh stuff man, and, I, I, yeah, 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 absolutely, and yeah, and I, and it never fails. Mm-hmm. It never fails because whenever we have any kind of spiritual thing going on around the church or some kind of event that we're all focusing, convocations are a great example. Yeah, yeah for sure. Things always seem to be like at an all-time tension mm-hmm. um, in the build-up to convocation for us. I think Pastor Mark spoke about a little bit about that yeah. last time, mm-hmm. right? And and um, I'm talking to one of uh, one of the people that we've had on this on this podcast, Chevo. I, I talk to him all the time about about this, especially around this time, because things always seem to be elevated with you know people's personalities and stuff. And and it's not that they're evil or anything like that. It's just whenever we are, um, I, I like to say that whenever the Lord is about to bless, the devil's gonna mess. Mm. You know, and that's one of my preacherisms. You, there you know, go. you know, but it, it makes, rhymes. It makes yeah, it rhymes. It makes sense. People are going to remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, the Lord's getting ready to bless, so the devil's going to start to mess. Mm-hmm. And say it again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and it's so true. And I, I really, and I knew that then. Whenever my boss was getting at me, I'm like, okay, right now this is something else because mm-hmm. I, I've been there going on two years, and and this is not a normal thing. Yeah, you know. So I think. Uh, I think, unbeknownst to him, he was probably being used in all of that to uh, to try to throw me off my game. Yeah. But I went in there with a uh, with a purposed, intentional mentality mm-hmm. of what was taking place and what was going to take place and what I was reassured of. You know that God was going to move that week and that weekend, and He did. Um, so many takeaways, so many victories. Young people being delivered from themselves, from their sin, from all this. And, and it's, um, you know, it's the joy of my life to do that kind of work. Uh, I love ministering whenever I get a chance to anybody who would listen. And especially in that context, because they're, they're kind of forced to listen, you know, (laughs) at that point. But, um, but yeah, man, it was so good. We had a, we had a blast and, um, and yeah, yeah. And then so busy, right? Busy, busy, busy. 
and uh, we uh, I actually started a um, taking some classes with some of the other leadership here in the church. Yeah, you're saying you just came from that. Yeah, yeah, I just came from that right now. So straight like into the podcast, four week thing, or t- something I, I like that. I think it's like a six month thing. It's a oh, six month commitment, okay. and it's it's really legit. And it's um, these guys from I believe North Carolina, I think, and they're. You know, they're doctors in divinity and all this mm-hmm. stuff, and they they work at a church, and it's really good content, but it's just about leadership and with a focus in, 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 in faith. It's it's through faith. It's through Jesus, not just like these blanket terms that, you know, that you find in business or whatever. But um, one of the things that's very interesting is they talked about an acronym that C.S. Lewis, um, I don't know if he actually made it, but but they pulled this acronym out. Uh, in the uh, out of the word busy mm-hmm. and and they really are emphasizing you to rethink what busy means if 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 you're somebody that's constantly busy are you being busy for the right kind of things right but but the way that they break it down is it that acronym is being under satan's yoke Ooh. yeah so are you a busy person and what is busy really so they don't want you to be busy they don't want you to be busy <clears throat> No, because a busy person is kind of a person that is led by impulse mm. rather than um, whenever you plan for things and you prepare for things. Yeah. And I and and I see where they're coming from on that. If you can if you can keep a person busy, especially with the mundane stuff of life, yeah. um, then they you don't have time for, for anything, yeah. anything, anything, especially meaningful things. Yeah, you know, if you're a person that. You're too busy for your kids. You're too busy for your wife. You're too busy for um, church, you know, church especially for God. Um, or busy for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like where there are there are self developmental things. And I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm a preacher. But God, God wants us. God wants us to be the best version we can be in mind, body, soul, right, spirit. Mm. He wants us to be the best that we can be for him. And whenever we lack in any one of these areas, if we're tired all the time physically, we're not going to be beneficial in any anything else that spiritually, right? Spirit. Yeah. If you're so tired, you can't even pray and you go to sleep, then then you're not doing anything in the spirit anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, inversely, right? Uh, uh, the other side of that is that if you are just so spiritually minded, and you're 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 you know curled curled up in a cave somewhere for four hours, and there's people that they're lost, they're hurt, they're dying. They need uh, a voice of reason. They need a voice of hope. They need to see Jesus in somebody. But if you're just in your Christian commune, then you're not going to be beneficial for God at all. Yeah. You know, and we we need to be witnesses. We're called to be witnesses. We're called to live out there in the world we're not a part of the world we're not supposed to enjoy what they enjoy and give ourselves the way they give themselves but we understand that we are pilgrims mm-hmm. that we're just coming through but but and you know that is something i think we can focus on a lot in a, maybe in another episode mm-hmm. um because in my upbringing as a christian at 19 i was taught as if now you're saved now go seclude yourself mm-hmm. And that that's not right. Yeah, that's not. That I burned too many bridges in my life to where there's people because of those burned bridges that I don't have communication with anymore. And, it, you know, I mean, God, God knows what he's doing. He does. He does his thing. And, and I trust him. 
but I, I also feel responsible for my actions for how I did close off some doors of communication mm-hmm. where now I could really see that would have been beneficial to the person, especially you look at them on social media and stuff. You see that they're not living their best life now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so busy, right? Being under Satan's yoke. And that, that kind of underscores this last weekend on Hawaii, on how important it was to disconnect, to get away and to to focus in on God and let him speak into self, into yourself, and let you know, you know, you are all oh, well, the promises. You are loved, you are called, you are you are you are the elect, you are my chosen, you are the apple of my eye, you're yeah, you're that. not all all that good stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and uh yeah, so it was a very, very powerful weekend. That's great. Yeah. I'm glad uh I'm glad it all went good. Yeah, the busy thing is uh being under Satan's yoke. Yeah, that's good. I think, uh, I don't think just as a general statement to say being busy is bad, but I definitely could see how it could be a pro- I feel like anything that can keep you distracted from whatever you should be focused on mm-hmm. is like that's the problem, which it could just be busy. Yeah. That that'll keep you from focusing on whatever it is God wants you to focus on. Because yeah. I I've, I definitely know people that get all wrapped up in their ministry uh, or just church stuff in general. And mm-hmm. they get they get so wrapped up in it and so busy with it that they kind of start missing the point yeah. of stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. You, you miss the mark completely. So I could definitely see that. But, you know, you could also be busy doing God's work. And uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just not the right word, but yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe it just—it was one of those kind of acronyms. But it's got an acronym. Kind of, it's yeah, good, yeah, so so it fits. But you know, um, I think we're 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 approaching our time here. We're already yeah. at a at an hour. But I want to read this, and this is what we read today in class. And it was—it's from C.S. Lewis. And if you know anything about C.S. Lewis, this dude is, was a monster for the faith. Mm-hmm. But uh, but check this out. It's from his book that he wrote called The Screw Tape Letters. And uh, I'm just gonna read it. Satan called a worldwide convention of demons. In his opening address, he said, We can't keep Christians from going to church. We can't keep them from reading their Bibles and knowing the truth. We can't even keep them from forming an intimate relationship with their Savior. Once they gain that connection with Jesus, our power over them is broken. So let them go to their churches. Let them have their covered dish dinners but steal their time so they don't have time to develop a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what I want you to do, said Satan. Distract them from gaining hold of their Savior and maintaining that vital connection throughout their day. How shall we do this, his demon shouted. Keep them busy in the non-essentials of life and invent innumerable schemes to occupy their minds, he answered. Tempt them to spend, 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 and borrow, borrow, borrow. Persuade them to work six to seven days each week, ten to twelve hours a day so they can afford their empty lifestyles. Keep them from spending time with their children. As their families fragment, soon their homes will offer no escape from the pressures of work. Overstimulate their minds so that they cannot hear that still, small voice. Entice them to listen to music wherever they drive. To keep the TVs, PCs, and their mobile devices going constantly in their home and see that 
and and see it that every store and restaurant in the world plays non-biblical music constantly. This will jam their minds and break that union with Christ. Fill the coffee tables with magazines and newspapers. Pound their minds with the news and social media 24 hours a day. Invade their driving moments with billboards. Flood their mailboxes and inboxes with junk mail, mail order catalogs, sweepstakes, and every kind of newsletter and promotional offering free products, services, and false hopes. Even in, even in their recreation, let them be excessive. Have them return from their recreation, recreation, sorry, even in their recreation, let them be excessive. Even them in their recreation, exhausted. Keep them too busy to go out in nature and reflect on God's creation. Send them to amusement parks, sporting events, plays, concerts, and movies instead. Keep them busy, busy, busy. And when they meet for spiritual fellowship, involve them in gossip and small talk so that they leave with troubled conscience, with troubled consciences. Crowd their lives with so many good causes that they have no time to seek power from Jesus. Soon they will be working in their own strength, sacrificing their health and family for the good of the cause. It will work. It will work. It was quite a plan. The demons went eagerly to their assignments, causing Christians everywhere to get busier and more rushed, going here and there, having little time for their God or their families having no time to tell others about the power of Jesus to change lives. I guess the question is, has the devil been successful in his schemes? You be the judge. Busy. That's good. Yeah. I think for my own, uh, I don't know what the word is. I, instead of saying everybody's busy, I would say everybody's distracted. Mm -hmm. That to me, that, fits better <laughs> but i totally agree yeah. with what they're saying yeah i feel like so many issues that people have is just from them losing focus and being distracted in everything i when you were reading that i was thinking of uh my sister did this series at some point on uh the sabbath just talking about the sabbath why do we have the sabbath what's when's the sabbath just all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. And uh, how, how important it is to have a Sabbath and just to have a day of rest. And I feel like that's – I if I ever find myself not having a day to sit down and go take a nap and just this is the day where I'm going to chill, mm -hmm. it mess, I'm so unproductive with the rest of my week. Right. And uh, just mentally drained and it's so important for me to just have a day to go sit down and – <laughs> just yeah. chill which on my sabbath it's you know it's sundays so i'm still like Working. i'm still going for the first half of the day but just to have the second to say after church i'm gonna go eat lunch and then i'm gonna go take a nap yeah <laughs> and i'm gonna chill that in that evening you know depending what all is going on i'm just gonna i'm gonna sit around and this is a day where it's okay for me to sit around because i have this because most of the stuff that i'm working on uh just in my own personal life and career and the career goals and all that stuff. Right. It's stuff that it's not something I'm going to go clock in at a job and get taken. It's stuff that you're going to do in your own time. Right. So if I have free time from something, I'm always like, <clears throat> I got to do, I got to be working on it. If I'm not working on it, I feel like I'm being lazy or, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So for me to have a day where I say it's okay 
to not work on stuff and to relax and get ready to go so that tomorrow you can be effective is really important for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, tonight when we talk about it's, it's just, let this be your daily reminder, your weekly reminder on how important it is to, to uh, unplug, even though you have to plug in to hear this. <laughs> but, <laughs> plug in and yeah, plug out. Yeah. But you know, it's important. It's important to unplug and and understand that whenever you do that, don't fill your time with something else that's just going to take your time. Mm -hmm. You got to be absolutely intentional to spend time with your wife, with your kids, with um, uh, self development, time with the Lord, with God, with yourself, with yourself, all, all you know, all of the above, and 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 then for the parents that are out there, you know, I deal with the result of y'all's bad parenting. <laughs> I hate to say it that way, but that's that's true. I love for you to say it that way. <laughs> that that I, I I I see firsthand the result of dad not having too much time mm -hmm. for the kids. Yeah. Or the result of dad coming home with a bad attitude and how that trickles over to the mom and they're arguing in front mm -hmm. of their kids and now that's that's providing a framework for that that student that that young individual and that is letting them know that they can act as, or they're supposed to act you're setting up the expectation on how they are supposed to act whenever they are in relationships with mm -hmm. me, with people that are supposed to be the most important the ones that they're supposed to love the most and hold dearest and it's toxic and it hurts people. And that is a result of you know, whenever all that happens, it brings about shame in their life. Mm. They have no motivation for their future or for their present and, and forget about the future. Yeah. And that's why this generation of, of young kids, I, I don't even know what generation that is now, uh, maybe Z or I don't, mm. I, I, I lost track, mm. but this generation of kids. This generation, because you can take all the generations that have come before them, lump them all together, and the amount of the amount of attempted suicides and people that are anxious and depressed—it's off the charts. It's off the charts with this generation. This generation, as a whole, right? It's you can stack up all the previous generations since recorded history, and this generation has had more suicide attempts, more people just lost in depression. And that is a result that it's an absolute result of terrible parenting. Mm. And uh, there's no more parents in the home anymore. Yeah. We're all too busy. Mm. It's good. Being under Satan's yoke. There you go. Consider it. I think that's a good way to end it. Thanks for coming on last minute, helping us out, Caesar. Yeah. We appreciate it. Maybe we'll get lucky and get to have you on some more at some point, but we'll see, man. We <laughs> love you. We love you. This is the Refuge Project.